what's new? What have you been up to for the past year? Oh, man. All kinds of stuff. Mainly work and just kind of digging into just finding things I've always wanted to do and kind of cracking on with it, you know? Stuff that we spoke about, um, I guess, last year, the last time we kind of spoke about anything. Um, shall, we, shall we sort of kick off with, like, why we had such a big break? Yeah, let's do that. Well, especially, like, for anyone who's still listening, you know, first of all, thanks for sticking around and keeping us as a, one of your subscriptions. Yeah, definitely. But, I don't know, it just, it just, life just got in the way of the podcast, I think. There was a lot of disruption because of COVID. Well, from, from my side anyway, there's a lot of disruption in our setup at home. Um, I had to give up my desk. Yeah, I think a lot of us had to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, kids were at home, so they needed a place to study. Um, yeah. Then wife was at home. She needed a place to put her laptop. And then I kind of got relegated to the sofa for the first, I don't know, about five months. Hmm. Um, until we managed to rearrange the house a little bit and get a second desk in. Um, and because of that, you know, all this the microphone, the recording equipment, everything that's normally on the desk had to get packed away to make space mm. for schoolwork and homework. And it was just like, we could have still recorded, but it would have become, no, it would have, it was a lot of hassle to set everything up and then pack it all away again. Yeah, it's the same for me. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, you know, I could have, like personally, I could have just, um, remained at my office where I had, you know, desk space and the freedom to kind of, you know, work in my own environment without being um, disturbed by anybody. But, you know, I just thought because of the situation with <laughs> with COVID and stuff and because there was an outbreak in our building, this is the crazy thing, I kind of just thought about it again and said, you know what, it's probably just best to just get out of there stay at home and just not kind of get involved with anyone or anything else kind of thing and um yeah um it was difficult because my you know office at home was literally taken over by my wife and she kind of you know bought a you know stationary holder and all these bits and pieces and you know just took up the whole space on the desk but it was perfect for her it just wasn't working for me anymore so i had to kind of move down into the kitchen and work from the breakfast bar and that was my spot um, for a number of months. And yeah, just not ideal to get any kind of recording done. Um, I had to put my boom and mic and everything away and, you know, just setting it all up again. It, would just, it was just proving to be too much of, you know, too much of a hassle, just getting it all ready for regular sessions. So yeah, man, um, that's the main reason uh, behind it. But, you know, I'm just happy that we're able to get this going again. I mean, we spoke about it a couple of times over the last couple of months, you know, let's get something going again. Um, the fact that we've actually sat down and you know started it is uh, for me is a positive thing. It's really good that we're actually back, back on it. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. You know, we're we're both now in a position where we can schedule this back into our into our lives, and you know we've got our routines set now. We we know what to expect week to week. Um, obviously, it can all change at the drop of a hat, but hopefully not. Mm. Hopefully, things will just mm. get better and better. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Good stuff. So. Um, you know, personal life, everything's been okay for the past year, I suppose. Um, mm. You know, obviously we're both here, we're both well, we're both, you know, still working and still surviving yeah. and everything. So that's the main thing. Um, have there been any sort of challenges or anything that you've had faced over the last year? 
Yeah, I guess for me, I think the main thing in my personal life was things that I was used to doing. So things that I loved doing, so which you couldn't do anymore. So I think number one for me was the gym. Un, you know, unable to go to the gym, that environment, you know, with those, you know, faces that I'd like seeing at the gym, people that I like speaking to and working out with. Um, I just started uh, martial arts, mixed martial arts before COVID hit. And I was on a buzz, you know, going into my first um, MMA lesson, you know, I was on a proper buzz. And then all of a sudden we're told, you know, all of these places are going to close. So that was a big downer for me. Um, so I kind of just thought, you know, I'm just not going to train. I'm just going to sit around at home and not bother with it and just kind of just get my head down and probably do some other bits and pieces. So I got into my art a bit more. I don't know if you've seen that. I've been sharing it on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, of course. Um, so I started putting a lot of time and effort into drawing, um, sketching portraits, um, abstract stuff, just getting into the flow and just finding the love for art again. Um, been doing a lot of that. And crypto started to pop up. And, you know, I started to kind of look into my wallets again and get into uh, cryptocurrency. Um, it's been really exciting because... Um, I've seen some serious like gains on certain things that were just sitting there and I just totally forgot about, you know, things that we'd invested in like years ago and all of a sudden they're worth, you know, a bit of money now. So that's been interesting. Been a strange year for crypto, hasn't it? It has really strange. Yeah. Can't keep up. <laughs> it has been absolutely mental. So that kind of came back into my life. Um, so that started to keep, you know, get things, you know, on track from keeping me kind of going. Um, and then I just thought, sod it. Now I'm, you know, feeling a lot better about myself and just kind of doing things now. I just purchased some gym equipment and I started training at home. So I bought some Olympic plates, an EZ bar and some bands and managed to just, you know, do some training two days a week, maybe, if that. Um, but started to get back into my fitness sort of regime as well. So although it started from a bit of a downer, I kind of worked my way back up a bit and... Um, you know, it's got to a point where I'm back in the gym now, and it feels all good. Feels good. That's good. Um, diet, yeah, the diet went off as well. <laughs> I think a lot of people were in that sort of zone. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was in the same boat. Yeah, I think I, I was just like, let's just wait for this thing to kind of like you know calm down a bit, and then I'll get back onto it. And you know, I have so yeah. And uh, one of the other sort of downsides. Um, to you know with what was going on was my wife caught covid and that was a bit of a bummer so having to deal with that um and isolating and you know her being locked up in in the loft um you know in the in our bedroom and me having to sleep downstairs for i guess it was about almost a month mm. on a blow-up bed kind of thing you know um very different you know um having to prepare food clean up, sanitizing, all of that, you know, it was crazy. And yeah, man, it, that that was like, I just wasn't expect. you just don't expect it to yeah. just, you know, enter your home. Like you hear about it on the news, people, you know, in hospital, people dying and stuff, and then it just hits you and like, damn. Yeah, I think this this is a problem for a lot of people as well. For in the early stages of uh, COVID, it was always, um, it always felt like it's happening to other people. Mm. and that was obviously part of the problem because then a lot of people didn't take it seriously and then yeah. it got to a tipping point where you know you started hearing about people closer and closer to your your own circle that have 
caught it or you know even even worse um mm. touch wood you know we haven't had anything in our household uh, or immediate mm. family um so nothing's really affected us but just yeah as the time went on we just had more and more stories but it's a pretty mm. tough time yeah so just to like you know um just recap on my personal life yeah it's been ups and downs really but it's kind of getting better that's that's the most important part yeah for yeah, me that's good. it is getting better now so yeah how about yourself yeah for me things have been fairly fairly stable i would say you know, the first couple of weeks or months were a little bit up and down because of the whole school um working from home situation um mm. schooling from home was probably the most challenging part and just trying to get a routine a good routine but once we had nailed that then things were pretty smooth sailing, I would suppose. Um, health stayed good. Um, obviously, couldn't go out anywhere. Um, and I wasn't really missing the social aspect. I was quite happy mm. with just sort of being at home and, you know, having video calls with people. Obviously, you want to see your family and everything as well, and you want to see your friends every now and then. But it wasn't. it was never an issue that we couldn't go to restaurants or couldn't go to go to the pub or go to any mm. sort of day out or anything like that. I think we just made a, made the most of it. And we're quite fortunate. We've got a nice big garden. The yeah. weather was good throughout all of summer. So, um, you know, we made use of that. Uh, I spent time teaching my daughter how to ride a bike. And, um, yeah, yeah. you know, something that may have taken months, we managed to nail in a couple of days because we just oh, had the time really to do it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, and we live in a fairly quiet area, so it's just totally fine riding around on the roads now, mm. uh, which is good. So there was a lot of lot of good that came out of it. I would I would say um, I didn't have to commute to work. I, you know, I used to have a long commute to work at my previous job. Uh, we'll get on to work in in a second, but because I've changed my job since then as well, mm. so that was an experience. But I used to have a long commute, and you know, having that taken away from you is just gives you two, three hours of your life back every single day. And uh, you take that for granted. So really sort of appreciated that extra time. Um, Challenges-wise, yeah, like I said, the main thing was the homeschooling, giving up my desk. That, you know, had its toll on things like my posture because I was sitting on the sofa, I was using just my laptop, I had to give up my screen. And then because I was sitting on the sofa using my laps, I had to give up my keyboard and mouse as well. So I was just... It just changed my way of working for a little, little while, um, and it's you know, I'm I'm having to sort of readjust myself now. Now that I'm back at my mm. desk, um, I mean it's not a recent thing. I've been been back at my desk for a few months now, but I've kind of molded into the sofa shape, and now yeah, I'm having to yeah. mold myself back into a good posture. Yeah, um, I had the same thing uh, sitting at the breakfast bar on a stool. Yeah, you, you start slouching a lot and then... Quite amazing how quickly your body picks up the bad habits but then doesn't want to let them go. And It's taken yeah. me a long time to just sort of sit straight again and feel comfortable in, in a desk chair. Mm. So that's been, a, that's been a funny old one. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, you know, I think we're quite fortunate, especially in our industry. We didn't have to give up work. We weren't furloughed. We you know, yeah. weren't made redundant didn't have to go and work in retail and be, you know, facing facing the public all day. We could work from anywhere as long as we got an internet connection. It was very easy for the company to just adjust. And, um, you know, 
I think it's pretty unanimous across the industry, really, that this is going to become the way of working now and people aren't expected to go back in full time. Yeah. Um, even when things are fully open again. I know the company I'm with now, mm. I know that they're quite quite keen to have people working from home quite often. Uh, well, at the moment, anyway, things might change, but at the moment, things are pretty good. Yeah, I agree with that, definitely. Yeah, so like I said, I, I changed my job um, during this time, which was... It was a tough decision because, you know, just didn't know what was going to go on. Um, all around you, hearing of people, the companies closing down, people being made redundant and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, time came for me to sort of make a change and, um, yeah, it all worked out in the end. So I had to start a new job, did the whole sort of interview process, induction and onboarding and everything all remotely. And since then, since like the tail end of last year, October time, I think it was, uh, I've only been into the office once since then. Just, uh, well, I went to collect my laptop. And then since then, I've been in once to meet about 10 people in the team um, out of 100. So there's so many people in the company who I've never even met face to face. But wow. obviously, we see each other every day. We've got daily Zoom calls and, and you know, we're on Slack and all, all sorts. And we've got all the all the right tools to communicate. So yeah. it hasn't been as bad as I thought it might be. Well, I didn't actually think it would be bad. I, just, I knew it would be different, but it's been a a good different rather than a bad different. Mm. Yeah. No, it's work for me, I think, similar to yourself, like um, the benefits of not having to be anywhere. Like I've got an office space because it's professional and clients come and see you and you know, all that. And when you do have... Um, you know, employees, team members, people you're collaborating with, it's a good place to kind of meet and work and stuff. But, you know, it's been seamless for me work-wise, you know, just using Zoom, Slack, Trello, um, ClickUp, all these tools to manage tasks um, when working alongside people. Like um, back in, I think it was in November, I hired an intern. Um, I'm not sure if I remember telling you about it, but I was uh, looking for a digital marketing intern because I started taking on quite a lot of digital marketing work. So I got someone on board for three months and um, you know, she done really well. She helped with a lot of the workload that I was dealing with. Um, so I had to kind of adjust my sort of daily, you know, um, routine with regards to work. So I wasn't just doing client work anymore. I had to prepare work for this intern and kind of teach her on how to do certain things and made sure she understood what she was doing at the same time so there was like a learning aspect and a teaching learning aspect aspect there as well so my whole dynamic changed and it was new for me so although I've done it before it had been a while since I've actually started like teaching somebody how to do certain things like you know how to create a social media post um, how to carry out a website audit how to you know set up an AdWords campaign things like that so um yeah, it just, it, it was difficult at first, but then when I got into the swing of it, it, you know, I was really happy with it. And she was with me for three months and she moved on. And because of the workload had increased, I had to find someone to come on board to kind of replace um, that intern. So yeah, I've got someone else on board who's been here for two months now. And again, you know, it's just going through the whole teaching scenario and I've got to learn things myself now. So I've got to stay ahead of it and then teach her, you know, everything that I know and kind of just make sure 
she understands everything on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. so there's that going on as well um my business has it's been growing steadily a lot of new clients came came on board because of covid um you know a lot of people who were made redundant had literally you know approached me and said you know we're starting up a, our own firm now um we want a website we've got funding for it or we've got a budget ready and we want to go with you and I had quite a few of those. I think five to six uh, projects came on board. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of innovation, I think, uh, during the whole of COVID, just across the industry as a whole, you know, people pivoting their businesses and starting up new businesses. And Definitely. Just finding finding different ways to make ends meet or just, just to innovate and, you know, keep up mm. with keep up with the times and, you know, service their customers even. Yeah, like, yeah. What do you think of how the how the whole industry has handled it? Uh, industry wise, I don't think it's um, affected the industry that badly. The in, I think the industry has boomed because of it. Um, just look at video calling, for example. That's yeah. just blown up. Yeah, I mean, if, if anyone bought shares in Zoom at the beginning of twenty twenty, you probably yeah, uh, yeah. probably rolling it. Exactly. Yeah, all the like video calling platforms of. You know, introduced new features, made features free. Uh, I think Google Hangouts they made their thing completely free for for everyone. Um, Skype is probably just still in the still in the dark ages, but you know, Zoom their platform is solid. Um, what we're using today around is a, a new one that we've come across. Oh yeah, this one's a good one. Skype's actually been pulled in now as part of Teams. Oh, okay. So it's it's part of it, the native kind of um, video calling infrastructure, but that has blown up. Teams has literally become like, yeah. the biggest thing out there. Yeah, for, for especially for education. It was like every mm. school oh, in yeah. the country is all they're, of a sudden they've all on got Teams. It. Yeah. yeah. And it's really good for education as well because, you know, you've got this whole, um, like, assignment section where mm. the teacher can set assignments for their students, the students can... Um, scan in their work or take a photo upload it to teams and then submit it mm. and goes back to the teacher yeah i'll tell you what the the most useful things i've found in the past year is obviously learning how to use teams and having a, a desk set up for for my daughter and having a, a pdf scanner app on my phone is mm. <laughs> honestly it's been invaluable it's worth worth paying for it because i've bet. been for months I was just like every day taking photos of her work to make these scans. Obviously, I'm not going to go buy a scanner. Um, no, no. And then from the app, I was then sharing it uh, and uploading it directly to her, uh, to my daughter's um, Microsoft OneDrive account. And then from there, it would sync to her laptop and then she would use that to then, you know, post it into Teams and submit it to her teacher. Yeah. So, you know, fortunately, you know, Dad's works works in IT a bit of a bit of a geek and managed to get this nice workflow, but I imagine that would have been quite difficult for a lot of people yeah. to get that that flow. But yeah, Teams has been invaluable, really. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I was never never a fan of Teams from a from a work perspective, but for the education market, it's really good. Yeah, no, same for me. I, I I've never been. I did try. I thought you know everyone's jumping on it now. Let me have a look and see if I can use it like i would use slack but i just couldn't get used to it yeah same i so, think slack is just slack works better for our industry i think teams yeah. is more about smaller groups and it works for great for like a classroom structure so but yeah slack's been good um but yeah really li- i'm liking this um this new video 
service that we're using. So it's called Around. Um, I've heard about it on a couple of other podcasts in the past couple of weeks. And it's just got this nice interface. Um, you know, traditionally using Zoom or Skype or Teams or whatever, you have this big window which takes up the whole screen with lots of little faces. But with Around, you get these floating heads. It reminds me a bit of, do you know how Facebook used to have their chat floating heads in the app before they introduced Messenger? Yeah. Um, which was actually quite good. You know, in hindsight, you just have these little little faces just sitting on the side of your Facebook app. And, um, you know, you can just drag them in when you want to talk to someone or just flick them mm. out of the way. Yeah. So it's quite a little, nice little interface. So we'll keep trying it. Um, so far, so good. Fairly stable. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're only using it for the video. We can't actually record the audio with it. So hopefully they'll introduce that at some point. Mm. So it's pretty good. Yeah. I think I'm going to trial this out with my intern tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Zoom, I, I've noticed a few bugs with Zoom. It's just, it's, um, you know, when you set up or schedule a call and then, then when that time comes, you start up the call and the person you've invited hasn't joined it. They're actually joining another one mm. and it's got nothing to do with one that you've set up and it's, yeah, it's weird. I, I get that sometimes. I don't know why. Things are bound to go wrong though. Think about how many people are using Zoom day in, day out across the world, you know, they've probably had to ramp up their capacity massively and yeah, things like that are going to happen. But I think on the whole, it's been pretty solid. But I think, you know, just generally the, the industry has handled it really well. You know, there's so many companies that have accommodated for um, for the changes that COVID brought around, uh, whether it's just like allowing their employees to work from home, whether it's um, giving them a budget like to set up their home office, which is something my company did, did really good. They, cool. You know, I bought a nice new chair and they gave us a budget to buy screens or headphones or whatever we need to make our work life easier. Great. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, doing that for the whole company is, it was, you know, it's a really nice gesture. Um, and just, just being flexible, you know, allowing people to sort of come and go as they please and not expecting them to be at their desk nine o'clock, nine till five all day, every day. And, being being like sympathetic to the fact that you know you might have a couple of kids at home now that you need to watch mm. and you know you need to make sure that they're keeping up with their schoolwork as well and stuff like that so it's been good yeah yeah definitely i think um you know one of the other things that come out from it is you know especially with kids using all this tech now I mean, when mm. we were their age we never had any of this stuff we weren't really you know involved in using stuff like this now they're becoming really savvy with with all this te technology and video calling and you know, all these apps and gadgets that you can get yeah it's funny like pre-covid it was always like don't spend too long on your ipad no don't watch tv too yeah, long get off your yeah. laptop and now it's like make sure you log on make sure <laughs> make sure you know how to use it make sure it's charged exactly exactly yeah complete turnaround but yeah you know like my daughter's laptop skills massively increased you know i don't think she would be anywhere near where she is if she didn't have to do homeschooling because they don't use a laptop at school apart no, from an it lesson otherwise everything is done by hand of course i'm just hoping that this doesn't impact stuff like their handwriting and their ability to work without a computer don't become too reliant on it that that's the thing i guess you know we had that balance like we'd probably be writing in a textbook in class and then you know those of us who had pcs at the time <laughs> with the giant monitors and everything you know we'd use like you know the like windows xp or whatever it was at the time windows 3.1 to 
you know, in Word to type, to type our essays and stuff instead of writing them down. You know, I remember yeah. some kids bringing in their work printed off, like, and I was still writing my essays by hand. I was like, you know, damn, I need to, you know, invest in some software or a PC or something. But now, the kids have got all this stuff. You know, they can PDF yeah. it, they can email it to the to the teacher. It's not a thing now. But before, it was yeah. And our childhood would really struggle with this. Yeah, I mean, I know I struggle writing. Um, when I have to pick up a pen and paper, my handwriting is all over the place. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... Just don't it's use it good. Mm. And I think it, it'd probably be good to go... Like, with the drawing stuff, that's all cool, because that's never actually gone away. But for some reason, my handwriting has been really badly affected. The thing is, it's only ever really yourself that reads it, right? And mm. as long as you can understand it, then... It's, I think it's fine. Uh, it's not great. You know, I wish my handwriting was neater as well. Um, but I, I'm quite strict with my daughter about that. Mm. Making sure that her handwriting is neat because I don't want her to be in the same situation as I'm in. <laughs> it looks like, a, like I'm scribbling with my, my left hand, it looks like. Yeah, same here, same here. Yeah. Obviously, I'm right-handed, not trying to discriminate against left-handers. Yeah, yeah, you don't <laughs> My... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, my non-dominant hand, should I say. Yeah, I think, you know, overall industry has uh, really, you know, benefited from this. Um, even like uh, my clients out there who've, who spoke to myself regarding integrating video calling with their, you know, websites or how can we use video calling to do a distant, um, like a one-to-one -one session, hmm. like personal training or, you know, a podiatrist and things like that, you know, consultations about tax advice or things like that, you know, how, rather than phoning someone, how can we integrate video calling? So, you know, just providing advice, as simple as that, really, um, yeah, it's helped. So let's, just like looking back at, I was just thinking back at one of our previous episodes, uh, the goals that we set for 2020, and we set these goals, I don't know, when was that episode? Probably early part of the year, the 2020 goals one, it must have been. Yeah. Um, well, probably it was probably the end of the previous year, actually. Let me just check. Uh, yeah, December 2019, actually. We had an episode mm. about 2020 goals. And the plan was to sort of hit these targets. But then, you know, the world changed. So, mm. I don't know. Do you, want to, do you want to just have a look back at, and see how we've done? And did you, did you achieve any of those? Yeah, I guess so. Like, from that episode, like, I remember, I mean, I had to listen to it earlier today. And... The things that stood out that I've kind of, you know, managed to grasp and managed to actually get working on and working with, you know, part of my design process was using Figma. And I think at the time I was kind of dabbling in it and just trying to, you know, figure it out while working with some other design tools at the same time. But it's become a core part of my um, design process now. So everything and anything that I'm designing with regards to web and apps is done in Figma now. Um, prototyping, you know, prototyping it, showing it to the client within Figma. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I'm very happy with the progress that I've made with that. Yeah, I kind of followed suit on you with that as well because I was, I was a sketch user as well this time last year. Well, not this time, early part of last year. And then um, as we worked on a couple of projects last year and I saw that you were using Figma for everything, I just started exploring it as well. And I basically, yeah, I switched over, um, mm. converted. And the fact that I'm on Windows now as well, yeah, <laughs> you know it's just, <laughs> it's worked in my favor really because otherwise I'll be stuck. 
Um, yeah. In fact, that Figma is cross-platform. And uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm just on a free account, so I'm limited to what I can do now because they've introduced their new pricing scheme recently, which mm. which I don't know. It's it's made. I think it's a little bit too limited what they give for free. But you know, who am I to say? It's their business. Yeah, it, it is like I, I've paid for it because I needed space for more projects. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pay for it at some point. I think, but yeah, because because design is not my primary um, job function, I guess. Hmm. Um, I could probably make do for quite a while yet with just a, a limited number of projects. Yeah, you could use it like in a really clever way. So you, you can just be really creative with the way you're using your your project spaces. Yeah, you just put all of your design for <laughs> everything into one file, basically. Exactly. That's what I was doing. I just started chucking it all into one file. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It forces uh, you to become a sloppy designer. That's the problem. That's it. But yeah, Figma's been good as well. Yeah, I've adopted it fully. Um, one of my things was uh, to to work more with React, um, but like I said, I've I've changed job and uh, the company I'm at now, um, our app is built in Angular, so I've actually stopped. I haven't written any React in a long, long time actually, because um, <laughs> I've just been sort of learning and picking up Angular along the way. I never really did any Angular before this. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's quite different. Yes, um, mm. yeah, it's. It, it took a it took a while to just change my way of thinking, um, but kind of getting there now, and uh, pretty comfortable with it. So yeah, I suppose my goal for this year, the rest of this year, is just to sort of keep building on Angular skills and mm. just turning into an Angular developer, I guess. Yeah, I remember mentioning um, looking at React, but then I I did say that I'd like go and look at Flutter and Dart. Um, and did you? Because we did an episode based around that, and I did. Yeah, I, I started getting into it, learning it, reading it. Um, I've even paid for courses on Udemy as well. Okay, I've completed one. Yeah, um, but then it kind of all stopped because of the workload. And well, the workload. did you build anything? I was building like a. Um, it was like an organization app, just organizing like items. So, you know, it didn't have any use use case, but it was just to grasp the whole thing around creating like um, like folders where you can just drop items into. And the items could be anything. It could be a JPEG. It could be like a, any type of file, text file. Hmm. Um, so just kind of just a simple thing. Very, very simple. Um, and like a, a to-do list, which is like one of the most basic things you could probably do on, the, on a... Yeah, you got to start there. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Like... And the good thing about Udemy is that you know you you get on there and you purchase your course and it's yours, so you can always refer back to it. Yeah. Um, at any point you want. So I'm really happy I did that, and I also picked up JavaScript again and you know bought a course in that. There was like crazy sales going on on Udemy with all these courses, and why not? Yeah, well, it was it's uh, it was a perfect time to do some learning. Really, everyone's sitting at home. You know, people a lot of people had time on their hands workloads got reduced if not completely yeah. disappeared so yeah it's a good time to learn yeah so i'm happy that i managed to pick them up and you know started getting on with it yeah uh yeah so you know that that, that worked out for me yeah did you read through eric's book flutter book i uh, just i did like, just for reference we did an interview with um eric windmill who um wrote a book called flutter in action it was uh episode 33 so if you want to learn about flutter then it's a good episode to go and listen back at. But yeah, Eric um, 
gave away some copies of his book on that episode as well and uh gave us a couple of copies so yeah yeah you 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 managed to make use of that yeah yeah definitely just to get an understanding because he explains it really well in that book yeah and that's probably the best place you're going to get to grasp with flutter and dart and, and everything and um yeah i'm always referring back to it so when i get some time once i've got some downtime which is coming up fairly soon um i'll be you know delving back into that cool and to just you know pick pick up on where i left off yeah that's good mm. yeah i mean other other goals for generally were to sort of grow the podcast um you know we've discussed how that kind of came to a bit of an end but in the in the first few months of 2020, I did set up the YouTube channel, did set up the Facebook page, and you know I managed. Mm. To, I put the podcast onto a few different networks, put it onto Spotify, put it onto a service called What Pods. Um, it's on a few other ones now as well, which I still need to add to the website. But yeah, there seems to be like new podcast services. Um, yeah, cropping up sort of daily, really. <laughs> so many up, of them now. Yeah, I mean, but we're obviously we're on the main ones. That's the main thing. Yeah, that's the important thing, definitely. Yeah, I think I, I touched on games development as well, and I actually did get into that. I actually started looking at Unity, and created a very kind of like basic game, <laughs> uh, and then that that died pretty quickly as well because I was like, I'm either going to do, you know, Flutter, Dart, JavaScript, or game stuff and it's very easy to just go off on a tangent with games development you can really go down a rab you know rabbit holes and you just get lost so i just decided to just put an end to that and just leave it alone and uh yeah it's you know i'm happy i looked into it but yeah I'm, i probably won't go back to it to be honest with you mm. yeah fair enough fair enough what about for the remainder of this year then have we got any goals in mind what you'd like to do? um remainder of this year um i think just continue with the de learning the development side so like you know flutter dart javascript and um also my own uh, personal podcast which i've started planning out now so i'm planning out themes and topics and things like that so you yeah. know watch this space that'll be coming up very soon um and i think the rest of it is literally obviously focus on the business um grow it try to scale up as much as I can and um, the digital art side of it um, of you know things I'm really passionate about um, spend more time with that do more pieces of art which I can start showcasing online because I've got a Divin art page and I've got a Facebook page now and I want to regular, regularly start pushing content out there and people can kind of you know see what I'm doing and probably do some live drawing as well so use um, Facebook um, live or maybe Twitch or something like that to kind of just show people you know me actually working on a piece of art and they can ask questions about you know what i'm doing and what got me into it etc so yeah definitely the digital art's a huge one moving forwards yeah nice yeah yeah for me um one of the things i started doing a lot more of uh, during lockdowns was uh, diy and woodworking um just started spending loads of time just in the shed just you know building stuff um just putting stuff on my instagram um nothing too big at the moment i've done some like shelves for the house i've made a coffee table i've made I recently just made some like speaker stands for my desk and yeah i saw that yeah, yeah. and i uh, saw and and um and also a little like riser shelf for my screen just to bring it up to the right height um so yeah looking to sort of carry on with that and 
sort of take it sort of semi seriously. Um, sold a couple of pieces of nice. the stuff I made, so yeah, I wouldn't mind just like taking on some custom projects now and um, seeing if I can turn it into a little side business as well. Um, mm. But one thing I have started doing again is after a long, long time, a uh, long break, is I started making music again. Mm. So uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast at all, but you know, back in late nineties, early two thousands, I used to DJ, and um, when I went to university, um, I started to produce music. Um, I used to make drum and bass, mainly drum and bass, and um, yeah, I think two thousand and maybe nine was the last time I actually produced a track and released something. Well, not released, not nothing actually released in the charts, but released out into the world, onto SoundCloud. Um, and then I just took a massive break from it, you know, got married, had mm. kids, and just sold, moved house several times and stuff like that. And then I, had, I sold off all my equipment um, that I had. But just recently, in the last few months, I've just been getting an itch for it again. I think it's just because I've been listening to a lot more music recently and um, just watching like other producers on YouTube and stuff like that. So yeah, I've just got back into it. So just uh, slowly getting my setup back back in order. Um, the laptop, little keyboard, speakers, and all that. Um, yeah, and I've got a couple of tracks under my belt so far. Uh, nice. So my goal is to try and finish off about ten tracks by the end of the year, and then release a little digital album or something like that. Or maybe that, just that'd be cool. Maybe just push them out one at a time, but. Trying to sort of really take it seriously again. Yeah. Yeah, because my, my daughter's quite interested in music as well, and she plays the piano, and, you know, we we listen... I try and introduce a lot of variety of music into her life as well. So it'd be... It'd be and she's into her singing as well. So it'd be good mm. that if I can introduce a bit of music production and a bit of um, like playing music and stuff like that in the household, then she'll pick it up as well and become a bit more of a passion for her as well. So that's yeah, my definitely. Yeah, that's sort of underlying goal, really. Um, and plus, I enjoy it. So no, that's great, man. Looking forward to that, man. Just hearing some of the tunes. Yeah, what's this piece? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll put some links out. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I forgot to mention was regarding my digital art side of things. I, yeah, I want to sell it, and I don't know if you've heard about NFTs, but yeah. they've kind of just exploded recently and yeah I, I i don't say i can't say that i fully understand what they are well i kind of know what they are but i just don't see why they're selling for such ridiculous prices yeah i understand that it is crazy um so i've just gone and got around the understanding of it and then i've opened up a account with OpenSea, which is a marketplace for nfts and i think it's the biggest one out there uh, there's probably others but this is like the one that really stands out and so I'm going to do a kind of series of portraits of um, like, I guess, like 80s, 90s, um, you know, hip hop artists. And this all kind of came off the back of DMX's death. And okay. I did a, like a it took me a couple of hours to do this portrait of DMX. And I've not done anything that quick before. I like spending some time on it, but I just, you know, I was listening to some of his albums and I was just putting it all out there and just kind of finish this piece of work in a couple of hours and I just shared it online and quite a few people reached out and said why don't you NFT that hmm. and just get it out there and it's gave me an idea like why don't I just do these portraits of these amazing rap artists from back in the day and um, 
yeah, just convert them into NFTs and just whack them up on the marketplace and see what happens. Yeah. So we're going to have to do an episode about what the hell an NFT is and you're going to have to explain I, it. All. I think we do. Yeah. I mean, I know the basics of it, but yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a hell of a lot to kind of understand. Yeah. I, I, I read up on it a little bit when the news of, uh, what's his name? Beeple? Is it Beeple? Mm. The guy who sold it for yeah, but, um, millions. Whatever the whatever the figure was, it was it was high, um, and then I did a bit of reading about what what on earth an NFT is, and I get it, I get it's you know you're basically owning the license to a digital piece of artwork, but I don't know, I just I I get it, I get what it is, I just don't get why it's a thing. So yeah, maybe I've missed something completely, um, but that's the thing, isn't it? With with cryptocurrency and NFTs, you know, you have to. You have to be in there to, you got to take the risk with it and just roll with it because everyone else is just thinking, oh, I wish I did that. Yeah. I don't want to be that person. <laughs> so I'm jumping on it and I'm like, I, I just want to get it out there and just you know, see what happens. Why not? Do it. Yeah. I've got a friend who's, um, I mean, I haven't spoken to him in years, but he's uh, like a 3D artist. So he does all this uh, 3D visualization, animation and things like that. And he's created a few NFTs which have sold. Some people on Facebook have mentioned his name huh. and saying, you know, I've bought this guy's, like, you know, work as an NFT. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, so he's out there. So it's as easy as that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Definitely one for another time, but, yeah, let's let's uh, do some research and, yeah, if you could do an episode on it and explain it, then that would be good. Yeah, why not, man, definitely. All right, wicked. Well, I think, you know, that's a pretty good wrap up of what's been happening why we've been away you know we were on a break and uh let's just say that (laughs) (laughs) some of it was self-inflicted some of it was inflicted upon us but hopefully you know things are settled and we're back and uh we'll have some good episodes over the next coming weeks and um you know we've got some we've got some decent ones planned Mm. it's just a case of yeah just keeping up this consistency now so show us some support and uh We'll definitely keep at it. Yeah, man, definitely one hundred percent. Let's uh, let's try and keep this going. See where we see where we, where we end up. Cool, man. Yeah. Um. We know. You know. Obviously, we should do recommendations. Um. Oh yeah. I won't say what would you recommend since last episode because there's been a million <laughs> things. But right now, yeah. anything that you that's caught your eye or that you want to share. Right now. Um, Put you on the spot because we didn't discuss this. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Um, oh, I'll go first. Go on, you, you go first. Then. I've go got on. a couple of things, right? They're Netflix series, because obviously the whole world is just watching Netflix at the moment. Um, so one's a comedy. I've just recently finished um, Shit's Creek. Okay, yeah. I've seen that one, yeah. You, you've watched it, or you just know about it? No, I know about it. I saw, like, a trailer or something. It does look uh, interesting, yeah. Okay. It's, um, it's a bit of a slow burner, right? The first couple of episodes, because they're quite short episodes, very, very dry humour. But it's brilliant. I was hooked. There was six seasons, about 13 episodes per season. But they're only about 20 to 25 minutes each. So, you know, you can get through quite a few in an evening. But it was just brilliant. It's like one of the best series I've seen. So um, it's, I can't even think what to compare it with because it's, it's very different to um, a lot of comedy. I suppose maybe it's got the similar humour to like The Office I was just going to say, it's got the office vibe about it. Yeah, yeah, but a bit more edgy. Not so sarcastic or awkward. It's not like awkward humour, but it's dry and it's a 
you know, they, they poke fun of themselves and stuff like that. But it's also got quite a serious message underlining it. It's all about, um, like, riches to rags sort of story where this uh, rich family lose everything and then they learn to appreciate the simpler things in life. You know, it touches on stuff like um, relationships and especially, like, the whole LGBTQ. Um, I don't know if that's the full acronym. Uh, forgive my ignorance, but, you know, it touches on that in a really, really good way as well and acceptance and stuff like that. So it's just it's just a really well-rounded like comedy series. So definitely worth watching. Well, I'll definitely look at that, definitely. And also another one that we're watching is uh, called Criminal United Kingdom, Criminal UK. Uh, there's also Criminal Spain, France, and another country, I can't remember. But it's basically this uh, series about a police interrogation room. And uh, it sort of centers around you know the mirror that you have in an interrogation room, the two-way mirror. Oh, the one-way, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one-way mirror. Yeah. Why well, it's called a two-way mirror? It's one way, isn't it? Um, yeah. And yeah, it basically revolves around that where you've got this interview happening in one side, and then you've got the rest of the team watching in from the other side, and and just the dynamics of that. And it's only a short series, only like five or six episodes in the UK version, which we've just finished. Right. Um, so we're going to check out the. the the European versions as well and see what they're like. Interesting, um, yeah. But they're all, like the European ones, we've had a quick flick of the trailer and it's the exact same setup. It looks like it's done in the same studio almost. Okay. Um, so it's like, you know, it's been sold to different countries, I guess, the rights to it. But yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant. It's got some familiar faces, but they're not like, they're not A-list celebrities or anything. They're just like some, yeah. some famous people are in the episodes, like... Episode one's got David Tennant in it, for example. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's pretty well known, isn't he? Uh, so stuff like that. Really good. Cool. I'll definitely try and watch that one. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I really liked about it is, like, if, you, if you've if got an appreciation for good cinematography, then it's worth watching. Because you've got this mirror as a central focus point, right? But you don't see the camera in the mirror at all, obviously. Because that would be silly. But it's just really clever the way they filmed it to have the camera walking past the mirror, showing the reflection of all the people in the room, but taking the camera out. And they make really good use of angles so that you can see a lot of what's going on on both sides of the mirror at the same time. Um, so you can see like the person in the interview room looking at themselves in the mirror, but the other people looking at them. And they all sort of line up to form like this group shot just really clever really good cinematography no oh, it sounds cool that's the kind of stuff i like um i watched the one recommendation i don't, don't know if you've if you've seen it um tenet i've watched it i've watched it once i need to okay. watch it more than once <laughs> i've watched it three times now yeah and each time you watch it you pick up on something else yeah and i can imagine after the after the first time i watched it i actually found an article which explains everything Okay. Right. So it's a proper. I'm not going to throw any spoilers in there, but the the article actually, you know, really does you know does really well in explaining what's going on. Mm. That blew my mind. <laughs> just seeing that film really just. I had to watch yeah. it again. A lot of people were complaining about it because they said that you know they couldn't the audio was a problem and then yeah the com the story is too complicated, and I can see that. I didn't watch it in cinema. Obviously, I don't think anyone did, did it? Did it even come Nobody out in cinema? Did, no, I, I think it got like a small release, but yeah, I watched it on um, Amazon Prime, yeah. Yeah, so I watched it at home as well, and I watched it with subtitles on, just because we tend to watch most things with subtitles on anyway. 
um, even during the day. Um, yeah. And I watched it with subtitles, and I think it was easy enough to follow along. It's just it is a complicated story, and it's definitely a two or three times watch. But I just haven't got back around to it. It's similar to Interstellar. You had to watch that again. Yeah. To get the, get the concept of what's trying to be told and the message behind the whole movie. Uh, yeah, Tenet was, um, you know, I highly recommend that to anyone. And, you know, you know, I love my gaming, right? Um, so I've been, you know, I started streaming on Twitch. I got involved with a few people um, playing Call of Duty, Warzone. Um, you know, that was fun. Um, and then I kind of just went away from it for a bit and I got hold of, um, it was a present really, um, Ghost of Tsushima, um, which is set in like feudal Japan. Um, unbelievable game. And it's open world and it's set in this place called Tsushima. And you're literally like this samurai and you're traveling on a horse around this map, you know, carrying out quests and tasks and, you know, beating bosses and all this kind of stuff it's just got everything that you'd want from a game it's got everything in it and one of the interesting things that came off the back of that was the gaming community who who love that game have actually helped to kind of fund a a project to kind of help that particular place because it's a real place in japan so the place you know it's very you know people not a lot of people know about it and there's, there's some backstory behind it, but, you know, it needed some help and support and the games developers and the gaming community have kind of come together and kind of, you know, raised awareness and money, etc. for for that community who are out there. Um, so, you know, just getting involved with that game and just, you know, learning more about what was going on in feudal Japan at the time has been, you know, really interesting for me. And they're actually going to make a movie now. So that, that's the, like, the next thing. Like, it just got me really sort of hyped up that this things slowly kind of becoming bigger and bigger and bigger oh cool yeah man so yeah no love it Ghost of Tsushima highly recommend it if you're a you know if you're a gamer nice one alright well that's a wrap for this one um, you know it's been good to catch up again after so long good to see your face we've hardly seen each other in the past year either um, <laughs> but yeah this is going to be an ongoing thing now so let's we're back we are back yeah <laughs> All right, good stuff. And uh, if you're still here and you still subscribe, thank you for sticking around. Um, if you're not subscribed, go and do that now. Uh, all the details are on the website. Yeah. All right, wicked. Um, I'll catch you next week. Yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast player and feel free to drop us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at InspectFM and you can find the show notes for today's episode and a full archive of all shows over at inspect.fm. We were on!